You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Jesus, we're grateful again for this this time that we have. We pray now that you would be in our midst, and um, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come into this place and meet with us now. And as we talk about prayer and what it means to commune with you and to just communicate and and talk to you, uh, Lord, would you teach us what your word says about it? And would you uh, just instruct us in the ways, in the same ways that you did the disciples in a very gentle way as we approach the throne of grace with confidence. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, so prayer. Um, when I say prayer, what, what, comes to you, what comes to mind, first of all? When I say the word prayer. Bowing your head and closing your eyes. Okay. Fold your hands. Do you do the fold the hands thing? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Prayer? What? Talk to talk, yeah. yeah. Okay. What else? Anything? Asking for help. Asking for help. Okay. Good. Gratitude. Okay. All those things I think are are parts of prayer, right? Those things are what we think about when we think about prayer, and inevitably when we talk about prayer, it's what what our upbringing is or our understanding has been from. Uh, for me, it was a child. I'll give you just a little bit of my story as we dive into talking about prayer and, and kind of where I came from, where what my thoughts on prayer were and, and where they are now and what Scripture, I think, says. And, and hopefully be able to give you a couple things today just to, to walk away with, uh, to deepen your prayer life, um, and to, to challenge you with a few things. So I grew up hearing people pray all the time. I grew up in the church. Uh, my story is that um, I often will say I was in church the week after I was born, but I was in church even before I was born in my mother's womb. And so uh, there wasn't a lot that went by where I was not in a church where I was hearing prayer. I heard it around my house. My parents are faithful believers and we prayed. We prayed before dinner, but we would also pray before bed. We'd pray in the mornings and so to get our morning started. And so I, even in the midst of that kind of praying, I learned a form of prayer, you know, where the form of prayer was oftentimes a formula of uh, God, thank you. God, give me this. Uh, we might throw in some forgiveness in there, ask for forgiveness, and give me a good day. Amen. Kind of prayer. You know, you know that kind of, you know, and if you ever listen to a kid pray, it's so funny. I hear my children pray, and I'm like, they, they're praying the same way that I pray. That's crazy. Uh, because they pay attention to the way that they hear prayer. Um, and in high school, I experienced a deepening of my faith. Uh, I, I really was challenged by a youth minister in high school, what it meant to walk with the Lord in, in faithfulness. Uh, I was baptized at an early age. And then I went to college, and there was this guy who was part of Campus Crusade and also part of Briarwood here in Birmingham, who was on the campus of Sanford University where I went to school. And he uh, would, would target some guys in particular where he would challenge us to be in these discipleship groups. And one of the things that he did when, we, when he challenged, there's about four or five of us who, who he had said, hey, I want to gather with you guys and study the Bible together and pray together. And within the first couple of weeks, he challenged us in our prayer lives to begin fasting and praying. I'd heard those words before. Fasting, of course, you've read the scripture, you know, to, to fast and, and that sort of thing. But never really, I'd never really engaged in what fasting was. And my prayer life was about five minutes a day, I think, uh, at that point. It was, uh, it was real quick uh, because that was usually the, about the attention span that I had. It was five minutes and then I'd be looking at paint on the wall or something and get distracted. And he challenged us to fast and pray. And he said, not only do I want you to fast and pray, I actually want you to 
pray for 60 minutes a day for one month. And a bunch of college guys, you know, we're like, I don't even know what, what can I ask God for for 60 minutes? I mean, you know, that was my thought of, uh, because to me, uh, up until that point, my prayer, like I said, there was a formula, but oftentimes my prayer life was, God, here's what I need. Here's what I need you to do for me. And can you fix this or can you do this? Uh, in my sermon, I called it carjack theology, but you could also call it pinata. Like Jesus is a pinata. You know, when I need something, I just whack Jesus and he drops some stuff down. And then next time I need something, I'll bring the stick back and we'll hit him a few more times and see if he'll give me some stuff. Right. And so um, so in all honesty, I was like, how in the world am I going to pray for 60 minutes asking God for all the things that I need? I can ask him like five minutes. You know, that's good. I'm good to go. And so uh, the first day comes and I sit and I begin to pray and I'm trying to pray for 60 minutes. I think I got about 10 minutes in before I fell asleep uh, and I wake up going, I don't think I prayed that whole time, but I feel good. Uh, so um, next day I tried it again and it got a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And, that, that, and, and I really began to ask God, what does it look like to pray, God? Because uh, clearly I don't know. I don't know what I need to be praying for, how to pray, what to do. And so I began to ask God. And so um, in, during that time, I do believe in that, in that 60 minutes uh, of that one month of prayer, I saw my prayer life begin to deepen because I realized that prayer was more about me communing with God than me just asking God for stuff. And uh, 60, so, you know, I, I eventually in that, in that 30 days went from 10 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes and even 60 minutes by the end and probably could have gone longer because you start to get into this habit and you're going, wow, it doesn't even feel like 60 minutes. Um, and so it was, uh, it, it, it became less of a, if you'll help me, I'll help you kind of, uh, prayer to Jesus. And so it was, it was good that I would figure out those things and learn those things and begin to, to ask myself, what does it look like for me to actually be in prayer with Jesus? And so Jesus in prayer with Jesus, I think, uh, the scripture tells us that praying to Jesus is a way that we talk to Jesus. I oftentimes will ask people, people will ask me, well, I don't know what to pray or how to pray. And I would say, well, how do you talk to people? Talk to God the same way. He'll begin to transform and mold your heart into his likeness. And so my prayers became less about what you can give me, God, to more of, God, what is it that you want me to pray for today? And in John 14, which is one of our texts for today, talking about prayer, just a funny story, when I was a kid, I, my prayer always used to, I loved cars growing up when I was a kid, and so I'd always pray for a Lamborghini. I never got one. Um, and I never could figure out why God wouldn't answer that prayer. Like, what, what, what's going on? It seems like that every 16-year-old should have a Lamborghini, right? Uh, come on, God. Um, and so, and I took this verse out of context, which is our, uh, one of our texts for today. John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus said this, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So I'm saying, okay, in Jesus' name, I want a Lamborghini. Still didn't work. What am I doing wrong, Jesus? And so I began to then, in, that, in those moments of prayer, begin to look at what is it you really want me to pray for, God? <clears throat> so he says this, whatever you ask in my name, this I'll do. And here's the key to that phrase, that the Father will be glorified in the Son. Now, we could get into all kinds of theology and talk about, you know, 
can you be can God be glorified in a Lamborghini and a 16 year old maybe but that was not the point I didn't want that to glorify God I wanted that out of selfish reasons and so I began to see in prayer that as God was saying this is the way I want you to pray I want you to be prayerful I want you to ask for things but to understand that when we ask for things we want to see the son glorified we want to see the father so that the father may be glorified in the son and then he'll do it. And so what does that look like in our prayer life? It begins to shift our prayers to be thinking, God, what is it that would be your heart that I could pray for today? What is it that would be your thinking that I could begin to join in with and asking you things? And so, for instance, like in our city, I would say a, a diligent prayer in our city was that, that we would see people come to faith outside the walls of the Advent, on the streets of, the, of Birmingham, to see the city of Birmingham transformed for the sake of the gospel. I think that's a prayer that is in keeping with God's heart because He wants to see people come to faith in Him. And so when we begin to, 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 to get away from Jesus as a pinata and begin to say, okay, Lord, what does it look like in my prayer life for me to join with the heart that you have? Now, oftentimes we have to step back and say, what is your heart, God? What is your heart for my family? What is your heart for my job? What is your heart for my marriage? What is your heart for the city, for the church? So on and so on. And so um, I want to offer a couple things by way of just giving you some, some helpful hints about prayer or helpful things about prayer that have been helpful for me, but also that I believe that the scriptures are pretty clear on. One is that God's not going to answer a prayer that in some way doesn't glorify Him. I believe that. Um, you know, the selfish prayers, I don't think God's going to answer. I think when, you know, you look at the thief on the cross today, when that second thief said, uh, remember me in your kingdom, it was, that was not a selfish prayer. That was a, that you might be glorified, God, would you remember me? Now, maybe there was some selfishness in there, but I think the Lord sorted through some of that selfishness and really saw through to the heart of that thief going, I'm humbling myself. I deserve what I'm, what I'm getting. I want to see you in your kingdom. It's an acknowledgement of God's holiness when we pray. It gives us, it gives us what we need to sustain us for the day. If, you, if we're reading the Jesus teaching on prayer in Luke chapter 11, which is part of the Lord's prayer here, it says, one day when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so they've been hearing and seeing Jesus pray. Now they're saying, Jesus, teach us how you pray. And he says, when you pray, do it like this. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. This is the, Luke's the simple version of the, uh, of the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, Father, hallowed be your name. And so there's an acknowledgement of God's holiness first when we pray. God, you're greater than me. You're bigger than I can ever imagine. You're holier than I can ever be. And I acknowledge that, and so there's a, there's a sense of worship that comes in prayer. That when we acknowledge His holiness, we're worshiping God. We're showing that we believe that He is holy. And then uh, you, He's asking then, give us each day our daily bread. Now that's a hard prayer. Because we want to say, Lord, I really want you to show me what's going to look like six months from now. Or one year from now. Could you show me what the direction of life is going to be? Where our family needs to be, what direction my job needs to go, whatever it might be. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, your prayer should be, give us each day our daily bread. In other words, let me focus on today and what it means to glorify you today, and you'll sustain me 
for this day to do the work that you have called me to do. And then he says this in verse 4 of chapter 11. Forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. So there's this element of we are not going to, even in our prayer, I think, uh, I, I, can, I think we can all probably say, I want to pray a selfless prayer. And in that selfless prayer, there's selfishness. And so we have to say, Lord, forgive me where I've fallen short, where I'm not even praying the right prayer right now, where I'm not even asking the right things. God, would you forgive me? Would you show me what it looks like to be part of your heart right now? Forgive us where we've fallen short, and each of us have. And then he says this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that, that's not in Luke's uh, version of that, but that's what we pray every Sunday, right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, Father, the will of the Father be done in everything I do and everything I ask for today. Now, that's a hard prayer too, because that means that that doesn't always work the way I want it to work out. That God might be glorified in a way that I don't think it should work like that. I will often say, man, if I were God, I wouldn't have done it like that. But it's probably good that I'm not God because he knows what he's doing and I don't. And so this God hears our prayers. And, and I think that's a, a comfort from Jesus when he's talking to his disciples is he's telling them this. God is hearing your prayers. Now, does that mean that he's always saying yes to your prayer? No. Sometimes it may mean that he's saying yes because we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's guiding us and the Father and we're, in, we're right in touch with him. And so we're praying the same things that Jesus would be praying. And so therefore that prayer is, yes, let's do that. Other times I do think there's no. No, that's not what I want. I mean, look at Paul. Paul said, uh, I prayed three times that this thorn in the flesh would be taken away from me. And what, what did Jesus say? No, my grace is sufficient for you. So no, I'm not going to take that away because I'm going to be glorified. And there's a great proof of I'm going to be glorified in something that you may not see right now. And so I would imagine that Paul's prayer kind of shifted after those three times to, okay, God, you glorify yourself in this thorn, whatever that thorn was for Paul, which we don't really know. Yeah, that's right. But not my will, but yours be done. That's right. Yeah. And then there's, I do believe there's a third answer there of wait. I think sometimes we can pray and it might be the heart of God and he's saying, but not yet. I'm going to do something. It's probably not going to look exactly like you want it to, but I'm going to do it in the timing that it needs to happen so that God is glorified in everything. And so that waiting, I think, is oftentimes the most difficult one. I mean, I'm, my kids will say that all the time. It would be easier if you just didn't tell us what we we're going to do two weeks from now. You know, hey, we're going to go here. Oh, and then you get the question. I have a six-year-old who will ask the question every day. How much longer is that? How much longer? How many more days is that? How many, he does it this way. How many more sleeps do we have to go through <laughs> before we get that? Um, and so it's probably best not to even say anything until it's. Uh, so that waiting is really, really challenging. But the waiting that I think the Lord answers prayers with is oftentimes the most growth that we'll experience because He's shaping us and molding us in our prayers to be more like Him. And all that we see in Jesus' teaching on prayer to the disciples. And then the last one I would say is God wants our heart to be like His. And so, uh, and prayer is one of the ways that we transform our hearts into His likeness. Asking God, make me more like you. Lord, give me a heart for what you have. And then watch your prayers begin to change. Watch them begin to mold. 
Um, the last things that he says about uh, prayer, it's an interesting thing here in, in Luke chapter 11. Uh, after he teaches them how to pray, then he gives them a parable, as Jesus often does. He says this, uh, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Now, you're not a very good friend, by the way, if you're going to somebody at midnight asking for bread. That's a terrible friend. Don't, don't knock on the door at midnight. But um, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are all in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That's an interesting parable that Jesus follows with prayer. What is he trying to tell us there? Is that in our prayers, the groaning at times of our prayers, God hears those and says, Ah, that, that's not my heart. But then he begins to shape us and mold us. And the more we pray, the more we, the more we begin to pour ourselves out. I think God does hear our prayers in such a way that he says, I'll answer those because I'm compassionate, because I'm good, because I love you, because of your, your diligence and prayer. I hear those things and I will answer just as this man gets up. Surely he gets up and gives you as much as you need. He's referring there to prayer and to the Father. And then he goes on and says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of your fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And there's the bottom line, is that when we're praying, when we're asking God, we begin to ask God in such a way that we say, fill me with the Holy Spirit today that my heart might be like yours. I think that's a perfect way to begin praying. And then sometimes we have to sit and listen. So I want to give you something today that I think is very practical. Before I do that, though, uh, thoughts or questions. Look at there, I'm on time. Um, thoughts or questions on, uh, on prayer or what you think about what Jesus said there. Anything so, stick out to you? Yeah. Tips for that? <laughs> Patience? Uh, I think... <laughs> In a lot of ways, we just have to ask God, would you, would you continue to show me this day, one day at a time, what it looks like to wait, what it looks like to wait on the Lord? And we're all in a, I mean, I don't know about you, but there are many times that I pray, Lord, come back. Jesus, come on. Any day now would be great. I mean, just come on back. And then there's a, there's a waiting process there even. Um, I think one of the things that's important in the waiting is to ask God, what are you trying to teach me in the waiting? What is it that I need to be doing? Is there anything that I need to be doing in my own personal life? Is there repentance that needs to take place? Is there an action that needs to happen on my part in the waiting um, that you would be leading me to? Well, and that's Paul's, ver that's, that's Paul's words when he says pray without ceasing. Yeah. And in all things, pray without ceasing. And so there is a sense of, I think if we begin to get in the mentality of, of a conversation with God and, and not making it, have to be this formal thing every time that we can be having those conversations as you're walking down the street 
as you're driving to work or driving home in the afternoons, as you're walking in your neighborhood, walking your dog, whatever it might be, you're asking the Lord. And what I find, uh, I actually, I mean, I think that's prayer walking. Uh, we talk about prayer walking a lot, but uh, when, we, when you walk your dog, how, if you have a dog, um, if you walk your dog in your neighborhood, what would it look like to walk the dog and pray for every neighbor that you pass on the way? You don't have to speak to them. You don't have to go knock on their door. You don't have to do anything crazy with them. You just, hey, I know who lives there. I'm going to pray specifically for them right now as they go by. What if they're huh? Oh, you definitely need to pray for them. Um, keep our enemies closer, right? Um, uh, yeah, pray, pray the Lord would change their heart. Pray the Lord would, would uh, bring about reconciliation. I mean, there's so many things that, um, you know, we all have those crazy neighbors that... Um, can't really you don't really like because they're mean and they don't seem to like you i think how much more do we need to pray for those folks and saying lord i don't know what how we i mean my prayer would be i don't even know how we're going to get along but god you're bigger than this and so would you would you do something amazing in this and so when we walk our dog we do pray for our neighbors and it doesn't have to be much uh just one or two cents when we walk when i walk down here in birmingham uh we prayer walk the city quite a bit where we'll just Pray for the businesses. Pray for the restaurants that you see. Pray for the owners of the restaurants you see, uh, even if you don't know them, but just praying for them in hopes that uh, as you pray for them and you have a heart for them, that someday you may actually meet those, those people and you have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them. I'll give you a quick, for instance, that we were down praying. Uh, I had taken a college student who wanted to know how to prayer walk. She'd never done it before, so we had walked down. Uh, we went down to the Lakeview area where... Uh, Hattie B's and there's several restaurants down in that that area and we were walking just that block just walking and praying and one of the guys from Hattie B's that works there came out the back he was taking the trash out and uh, we stopped and said hey we're just praying for this area is there anything we can pray for you and he stopped and said yeah we need to pray for everybody in here and I'll join you in prayer and he started praying with us which was pretty awesome that this guy had just went out on a break and wanted to, uh, and somebody walked by praying. He's like, yeah, you can pray for my family, but also pray for my coworkers and pray for me. And he was naming them by name and we were praying. And so, you know, the Lord does amazing things when you're just faithful in that, in that time of prayer. Um, one of the things that I'd love to give you, I'm going to give you a copy of this, uh, but this has been hugely helpful for me in my prayer life. It's called the prayer wheel or prayer cycle. And the prayer cycle is, uh, it's a 60 minute tool. Now don't let that be intimidating to you. Um, it's divided into five sections of 12, where in those sections you have different things that you're praying for. So one, first, I'll just tell them to you, that praise. So you're praising the Lord. You start five minutes of just, I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise you for who you are and what you're doing and, and all the things that you've done. And then the next one, interestingly enough, is waiting. Five minutes of just waiting. Waiting to hear if the Lord might speak to you. That's the hardest one, by the way, because you're waiting. And how often in our waiting do we go, huh, I wonder what I need to do the rest of the day today. Or, man, that thing on the grocery list that I forgot to put on. I mean, we'll, we'll put everything there. And so you really have to be intentional. Um, and then confession, reading of the Word. Uh, I think reading the Word is a great prayer tool where we're just reading and letting God speak to us through His Word. Um, petition, praying for others. Uh, intercession, again, praying for those on our hearts, those who might be sick and, and hurting, 
praying the word. And so what you've just read, you begin to pray the word or pray a psalm out loud to the Lord. Thanksgiving, singing. Even if you don't sing, you're by yourself. You know, you can sing as loud as you want to. It's like singing in the shower, you know. Sing as loud as you want to. Nobody can hear you as quiet as you want to. Uh, a lot of people I know will put on some music from Spotify or YouTube for five minutes and just kind of pray and sing. Um, and then meditate on the Word. Just allowing, you know, maybe just reading the same thing. Uh, pick a psalm and read the same thing over and over. Listen. There's another one that's part of the waiting side of things. Listen. Is the Lord telling me anything in the midst of all this? And then finish with praise. So you start with praise and finish with praise. And if what I do is I set my clock for five minutes, and at five minutes I move to the next one. If you don't have 60 minutes, you can set your clock for two minutes uh, and then work your way up as you have time. But a great tool to really, uh, really pour into God and, and ask the Lord to speak to you in the midst of prayer. I think it's an awesome thing. So any last questions? There's the bell. That's my cue. Uh, any last thoughts or questions on prayer? If you have questions, by the way, you want to come sit with me and talk about prayer, you want to pray, you want me to pray over you, you want me to pray with you, I'm available. I love doing that. I love praying over folks, praying with folks about certain things. Um, so please, I'm, I'm a resource for you if you, if you need prayer. Um, and we'd love to do that. All right. Other thoughts? Last minute? Last? Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Okay. Uh, these are up here for you. There, there should be. I think there's plenty of them. If you're a couple, maybe take one just to make sure we... Uh, have plenty, um, but you can grab one of those on your way out. I think that's a helpful tool. So let me pray for you one more time, and then we'll close. Jesus, you did teach us how to pray. You taught us that uh, we can come to you and that we can ask you what, it, what we need to pray for. We can ask you to have the heart of the Father, and so we ask for that now. Um, God, we don't ask for it in any fancy words. We just say, Lord, would you teach us? Just as the disciples asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. Uh, if our prayer life is, is, is not much right now, would you deepen that? If our prayer life is, is robust already, God, would you continue to take it deeper and deeper? And Lord, wherever we might be, would you meet us in those places that we might seek after you through prayer and really connect with you as the Father in heaven through our time in prayer? We just give you thanks for the privilege of prayer that we can, as the scriptures say, come to the throne of grace with confidence because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so we give you thanks for that. And just ask that you, again, would pour out your blessings on our time with you as we spend it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.